0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Clutchcast, a podcast created to guide and inspire student-athletes to reach their goals. My name is Dominic Prianti, and today our special guest is Coach Nick Pontari from Russell Sage College's new baseball program in Troy, New York. Coach Pontari, welcome to Clutchcast. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us about Russell Sage College and your new baseball program. First of all, congratulations on being nominated uh, as the first college coach in uh, Russell Sage history. Congratulations coach.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Can't thank you enough for having me and what you're doing here with this podcast. It is absolutely amazing. So hopefully when well, they are a ton of people are out there listening and, and they can take something positive from this.
0: Absolutely. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. We're trying to get the information out to families and, uh, the, the ball players to to try to get some more information on the colleges that we have especially here in the New York area a lot of them are not in the spotlight sometimes but before That's we weird. get into details of your school of your of your career being that you're from the same area you know Troy New York what did yep. it feel like when you got that call to come back home
1: oh man it was it was kind of surreal everything kind of lined up you know, perfectly, honestly, you know, obviously being from Troy, if you know any Troy people at all, we have a ton of pride in our city. So, you know, the ability to come back home and start a program here, a baseball program that is, and, you know, to be able to give back to our community, the community that I grew up in is, is honestly, it's just a dream come true. And then anything after that is, is perfect. Right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Coach. And you know what, talking about Troy, you played at the high school level there. I know you pitched there When did you actually start playing sports and what type of sports did you play growing up?
1: Oh, wow. Um, I probably started playing baseball when I was five. My father got me into T-ball, obviously. Very, very young. And, you know, he coached me at a young age and he was awesome. You know, he instilled some of the values, some tough, you know, grit, all that good stuff, toughness, grit. Moving forward as I got into high school, a lot of my friends were on the football team, so I joined up with them. Took my lumps, quite honestly, <laughs> early on in high school. But over time, I became a decent player. I was nothing special at all, but yeah, football, baseball, and then you know, like your typical kid growing up in in the 2000s, outside shooting hoops with the friends and and anything we could do to stay busy.
0: Yeah. So as I mentioned, you actually pitched for the uh, for your high school in Troy, which is called actually Troy High School. Tell us a little bit about your career at the high school level.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of where the foundation was laid. I I was fortunate enough to play for a phenomenal head coach, Curtis Nobles. And again, the way he got us to buy in. All of us, anybody who's ever played for him would run through a wall for him. The way he motivated his kids was second to none. That's for sure. And he teaches great life lessons, values. He told us at a young age when I'm a person for life and he stayed true to that. I'm almost 30 years old now. And 15 years later, 16 years later, the man is there anytime I need to call him, text him, anything like that. You know, that was kind of the foundation. I had a decent pitching career there. You know, we ran into a buzzsaw my senior year, Columbia High right down the street, and they were ranked top five in the state but made lifelong friends and then you know actually won a state title with kids on that columbia high school team and my troy high team in the summer playing american legion ball so the experience was awesome and curtis nobles actually coached that team as well so it was perfect
0: actually that i was going to bring that up right now that was 2009 when you won that state title how did that feel and uh being that you spoke about this great coach what was his coaching method that i stayed with you and that maybe you carry on today
1: yeah, I mean he was just a, a real person. Sometimes coaches might, you know, fabricate some things, but he was always honest with us and he you know, if we messed up, he he told us when we messed up and when we did good, he said, "Hey, that's great, but you're just doing your job, so keep pushing to get better." And again, that was the thing. He just the motivation and the buy-in instantly was probably the biggest thing and then something i really learned from him is he constantly put his players in a position to be successful both off the field and on the field i knew my role as a player right i knew my role like everybody else did so there was no confusion there was open, honest, and there was transparency and communication. And and I think that really played well for, for all 16 players on the roster. And obviously we got the result we wanted as far as on the field success. So it was a good experience. Yeah.
0: yeah definitely. And then from that experience, I mean, and after your uh, high school years, you ended up playing in college at Hudson Valley Community College, if I'm not mistaken. Is that true?
1: Correct. That is correct. And then uh, from there, um, I went to Fulton Montgomery Community College uh, for a semester. So I spent a year and a half at Hudson Valley with uh, Dave Hennessy, who was the head coach at the time. And, you know, he was amazing. Uh, Again, I've been you'll see the common theme of this interview. I've I've been blessed to be around great coaches, you know, at every level, high school, junior college, college people i work with you know dave hennessy was great i struggled academically my sophomore year after my third semester so i took some time off and when that happened coach hennessy got me a job and he hooked me up and made sure i was set and then you know he actually moved on to Folk montgomery college and we had linked up then and you know he had brought me along with him i said "Hey, do you need pitching and he said are you in shape and i said no <laughs> and, he told, and he told me to get in shape and uh we did. And, you know, I spent a semester out with him at Fulton Montgomery and, and he's always taking care of me. Again, another guy that I can pick up the phone and he'd answer at any time. That's kind of how that situation went at junior college.
0: Yeah. You just mentioned a couple of things that we constantly stress and I try to bring up during my podcast. Right. Two things actually that, that uh, jumped out at me here right now where your support system. Right. Which is amazing to have someone that was actually, uh, you know, on your side trying to help you out through life, not only on the mound and not only on the field but also to always keep your options open and take advantage of them when you can. So that's what we tell our clutch recruits, to not close yourself in a box. You know, get out there, create your support system at the same time. You know, pay your dues, of course, and at the same time, create your opportunities. And when you can, take advantage of opportunities that present themselves. So that's an amazing story right there. You ended up playing your last year's though at Brockport. Can you tell us about that experience?
1: Yeah, actually, Curtis Noble's. Uh, my head coach in high school went to Brockport. So I always had my eye on Brockport from the start and I applied and didn't get accepted out of high school. So I did the junior college route and and had to get my grades up there. But once I got to Brockport, got accepted, um, I had the pleasure for playing for, you know, a phenomenal coaching staff. Four guys that were there when I got there, Justin Beach was the head coach, Mike the assistant coach, who's now at LeMoyne, Ori Me. Who coached a ton of high school ball, and he was amazing, driven life lessons. And then Ryan Skelly was great as well. He had a great playing career at Bonaventure. So the coaching staff in place there when I got there really, really, you know, laid the groundwork for for the success we had that year. You know, you had to do everything you know correctly you had to treat people correctly i mean i remember vividly coach I me mean, we were walking and, you know if you see a, a piece of paper on the ground pick it up and put it in the garbage like they taught us the the specifics of life to, to that magnitude right there what they really did for us as players was prep us for life afterwards and again you hear it so many times and it almost probably sounds too cliche but baseball is a direct you know there's a direct correlation between baseball and life, and, and man, they really made us believe that. And you know, it, it turned out to to really, really help me in life post grad, anyways. So, you know, those guys, Coach Beach, that coaching staff, they gave me an opportunity to to play at the four year level, and for that, I'm forever in debt to them. And of course, obviously, they they kept me on as a coach as well, which gave me my first opportunity to do that. Um, but I'm sure we'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah, that's the kind of the groundwork that they laid for me once I got out there.
0: Yeah. So once again, having that support system on your side, definitely never hurts. It actually can only help you. And it helped you to the point where even though you said you struggled, you actually sure. ended up graduating Brockport with a bachelor in uh, science and physical education at, yep. in 2016. And then actually in 2018, you graduated with a master's degree. So I think you did pretty well at that point too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, we we all mess it up and, and we don't get it right all the time, right? And we make mistakes, but as long as you don't make the same mistake twice. And, and the way I look at it is if somebody's willing to believe in you, like I had a two, maybe two, three, I don't, I want to say GPA coming out of junior college overall. And, you know, Justin Beach gave me an opportunity to to come to school. And he took a chance on me when he really didn't have to do that. So I felt like I owed it to him and that coaching staff to give it everything I had. And I ended up graduating there with almost a three, five GPA undergrad. And then, you know, once you get in a groove and you figure out that, Hey, I can do this thing academically, as long as I'm focused. Yeah. The ball starts rolling. And, you know, again, another opportunity was presented to me for grad school. And it was Paid for, and I had an opportunity to teach as well. So I wasn't going to let those people down. That that gave me a chance to believe in, and believe in me. So I felt like I owed it to them and credit to them for giving me those chances.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you just mentioned you actually taught there. What did it feel like to be part of uh, the faculty, right, at the same place where you're actually studying?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of it's interesting going from being a student to a grad assistant to so them eventually you know, hire me on as a full-time temp teacher in the the Kisby department. You know, you go from being this 21-year-old young man to you're at the same level as them, but they were phenomenal. Everybody in that department, they grew me along. Anytime I had questions, they were always there to answer them for me. And that's just the family-like atmosphere. I know people say that, and I honestly hate when people say that. (laughs) But really, they took care of me, they took me under their wing, and they really made sure that I was successful in, in helping people out. And again, going through that program and then being able to teach in it, I understood how I was taught. So I could definitely, you know, piggyback off the values that they taught me in class and I knew how they wanted things to be taught. So it was, I was kind of a step ahead of the curve. If you yeah, want to say
0: that? Absolutely, And yeah, especially putting yourself in the same shoes of the people we have in front of you and try to help them maybe overcome some of the difficulties that they would have in the classroom as well. <laughs> uh, on that point, we stress uh, academics, just as much, of course, as we stress training and everything else with our clutch recruits, the young men and women that uh, we help. How important is education to you now?
1: Yeah, education is, is obviously extremely important. And that's one of the, the pillars that, that we build on at Sage. You know, we're not looking for us at Sage anyways, and we'll dive into philosophy, I'm sure, but we're not looking for the student that just wants to show up and go to class, starts at eight, they're rolling in at, at 759, where they jump out of bed 10 minutes before and they're sprinting the class late. No, we want the intrinsically motivated individual here at Sage that gets up an hour before, goes to the dining hall, grabs breakfast, maybe a cup of coffee, goes to class, obviously, you know, sitting in the front row, eyes on the teacher and they're listening and they're engaged and and they're taking in as much information. I, I, I love the term be a sponge right? Be a sponge around everybody in life, not just your professors, not just your coaches, but around everybody. Soak it in and then get rid of what what you don't think is necessary for you. And that's up to you to decide. And that kind of helps form you as a person. Back to what we're talking about. Yeah, you have to be motivated like that. Again, we want people that want to go above and beyond and take pride in their major. Okay, Education is extremely important. You know this. How do we take our education and apply it to the real world? Those are the people that walk away with jobs almost instantly, proactive people like that. Can you take that education that Russell Sage is going to give you, Okay, apply it to a good internship, make connections, and then get yourself your foot in the door in the real world and walk away with a good return on your investment, basically?
0: Absolutely. And you know, as we talk about investment, we know how expensive college education is these days. Yeah, so absolutely. you definitely want to try to make the best out of that. Being that we started talking about Russell Sage in terms of philosophy a little bit, tell us a little bit about the school itself uh, in terms of the campus and what goes on there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we are a small private school. We've got about 2,500 students and that's including grad school. So we are a very uh, small school. For a private school, we are pretty versed in everything. And what I mean by that is we kind of span all over the board with academic choices. I mean, we go from nursing to to physical therapy, biology, all the way over across the board to to our law and society program, which is basically an umbrella uh, over criminal justice, pre-law and psychology. And then we've got a great physical education, special education program for, you know, individuals who want to, you know, teach whether that be through K through 12. And then we've got a phenomenal business program as well. So we're kind of all over the board as far as what you can study. The unique part about SAGE is we have two campuses, one located in Troy and one located in Albany. And that's about a 12 to 15 minute commute. The nice part with that is students can have a car on campus their freshman year, which some parents love and some parents definitely do not love so much, <laughs> you know, so you have that, but we have a shuttle that runs back and forth. And with your Sage ID, you can take the transit system in Albany, you know, basically ride around for free. So yeah, that's kind of Sage in a nutshell right there.
0: When it comes to the commute between the campuses, is there forms of transportation between them or do you have to have your own? Are the, are the dorms on, on campus close by and um, how does that work?
1: Yeah, we do have dorms on both campuses and that shuttle will take you directly from center campus on the Albany campus straight over to to the Troy campus and center campus there. So the shuttle specifically runs back and forth from campus to campus, and that runs all day, I believe every half hour. So it's a constant commute, constant system of transportation. And like I said, the transit system, if you do happen to miss your bus, you can hop right on, you know, the the transit system in the city and and that'll get you over to, to the other campus as well. So, but yes, dorms on both campuses, freshman dorms on both. And then, you know, we have the university housing, which is just off the backside of our Albany campus. And that's where a majority of our sophomore, junior, senior students go to live. And and we border actually a couple other schools, Albany College of Pharmacy, Albany Law School. So there are some students that reside in there as well. You know, I, I jokingly tell kids all the time this, we are not your typical, you know, small school. What I mean by that is, Sometimes you get the perception of a small school being in the middle of nowhere, right? We're in the capital of New York, and yeah, we've got four or five other campuses surrounding us, probably around thirty thousand other kids with the University of Albany, St. Rose, the two aforementioned schools, and it's not like the next closest thing to us is Walmart, which is twenty <laughs> minutes away. You know we're in a good spot and and we're we're a pretty unique situation here.
0: Do you have a Walmart though? So- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Great coach. So can you talk to us a little bit about your coaching staff and your trainers?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we actually just announced our assistant coaches within the past month. You know, we'll start with Carl Steffen. He was actually the head coach uh, over at RPI division three powerhouse here in the New York region. Like I said, he was there for 35 years. He's 17th all time in wins. I believe at the division three level, he brings, you know, A wealth of knowledge pitch professionally and i believe double a ball so he's going to work directly with our pitchers and and you know really help our young guys teach them how to pitch and i think he's going to bring a ton to our program selfishly thinking obviously for the players but but for us other coaches as well there's no substitute for what he can bring for us coach stefan's going to be great next is lenny keys he's right down the road he's an athletic director here at uh Bethlehem Central High School, which is about 15 minutes away. He played at St. John's University, and he finished his career up over at Oneonta State right up the road here in new york he's got a, a wealth of, of coaching experience he's a teacher by trade he's been in high school athletic he knows the area he knows people he's going to know how to recruit for us he's going to bring a ton with us and he'll be working with outfielders and then our first ga our grad assistant is going to be sean gibson and sean again is a teacher in the physical or physical education teacher in the columbia school district I'm up here in, in albany new york again a teacher by trade father's been coaching high school athletics so he's got that teacher coach background um he's actually a graduate of of Brock- for State with me, played at Schenectady Community College back when they were uh, a top 15 program in the country. He's going to be working with our infielders and the amount that he's going to be able to relate. To the younger guys and really help groom them along early in their career is going to be phenomenal. And then we've got a volunteer assistant coach as well, Wayne Baker, who's in uh, our physical ed- or physical therapy program here. Excuse me. So he's going to be with us and he's going to be helping out as often as he can. He'll be a student here as well. So he'll have his plate full. But again, he's worked in for PBR prep baseball report and you know, he's got a ton of experience recruiting and coached at O'Neill State as well. Very familiar with division three athletics. So I'm excited about our, our coaching staff. I've been blessed. Blessed to always be around guys that that have helped us out whether that be you know steve morse or james williamson at brockport other assistant coaches so i know the importance of of rounding out your staff and making sure you have guys that can help groom these these young men and and make sure your philosophy is in line so our trainers we've got four trainers here at sage tom Faschau, who coaches the tennis team as well he's our head athletic trainer kevin tarpey is an assistant athletic trainer and he worked with UAlbany's baseball program for a couple of years. He's with us now over here at Sage. And then we've got Caitlin Moeller, who was actually another Brockport grad. So we're we're floating around everywhere. She ran track out there. She's got, you know, a great background in athletics, very knowledgeable. And then Gav who we just hired a few weeks ago, and she's just jumping on. And I haven't had a chance to meet her yet, but everybody rants and raves about her and says she's awesome and amazing. So I'm looking forward to actually getting to meet her. Like I said, she just started the beginning of February here. So our staff and our support staff is phenomenal here at Sage. And, and, you know, we're going to create the best possible atmosphere we can for these young student athletes here. Yeah,
0: it sounds like truly an amazing team. Coach, uh, so when it comes to facilities, right, especially being that this program is new, tell us about your facility, baseball fields, training, all that.
1: Yeah, well, on campus we are are pretty fortunate to have the Armory, and with the Armory, that's basically you know a thirty yards by fifty yards turf facility in there. So we've got that. It's got the high ceilings. It's definitely not your most aesthetically pleasing building, but I love it for that reason. It's more of like a dungeon, grinded out type building. It's an old army base or whatever you would like yep. to call it. An old- you know, air hanger, you know, they've renovated it. It's beautiful inside. There's actually classrooms up above it. Our team locker room will be over there. And that's kind of where we'll bunker down for those, you know, late winter slash early spring months before we're able to get outside on a field. That's going to serve us, you know, tremendously and put us a step ahead of other teams anyways, as far as, you know, using that turf field before the season. Now, once fall and spring ball come around, we'll, plan to use uh, where St. Rose plays over at the Plumeri Sports Complex, Bob Lizzie Field. That's about a mile off campus, and that is an absolutely gorgeous field. So their lacrosse teams play there. Our softball team splits with their softball team over there. So, you know, there's a couple factors, you know, pandemic depending, obviously. Waiting for some dust to clear to finalize everything, but we should be in good shape there, and we're excited for where we're going to play our home games. You know, beautiful Division II stadium with, you know, the wraparound-style stadiums bleachers and it's 385 to the gaps, so you got to hit it to get it and if you're serving up home runs at our park <laughs> well, we should probably be reevaluating what we're doing in the midweek right
0: <laughs> or definitely move up from d3 to something else i guess right yeah, i mean absolutely that, that's great so absolutely. talking about d3 so you are a d3 program part of the empire eight conference if i'm not mistaken your season doesn't start this year but it'll start in the spring of 2022 is that correct
1: yeah, they wanted to give us a year to recruit, find the best potential student-athletes that will represent Sage the right way that we possibly could, and that's a process. So they actually hired me in, in August from Cornell, and, you know, from there I went, and yep. here we are.
0: Yeah, actually, I was going to mention that right now. You are a true New Yorker, right? Because, I mean, you coached at uh, Brockport Uh, four seasons there you're actually the associate head coach at one point you were overseeing the daily operations of the pitching staff and assisted with the recruiting you also worked with the catchers there then prior to coming to sage you actually were a volunteer assistant coach with cornell university so you had a little bit of ivy leagues you had some suny tell us about those different experiences if you don't mind
1: yeah so again having I think this was phenomenal for me. Coach Beach, Justin Beach, gave me the opportunity to get my coaching career started. I was actually... A fifth year student, uh, we jokingly say we were doing our victory lap for undergrad. I had finished my eligibility and had one more year of school left, so I was doing my student teaching. And Coach Beach actually uh, talked to him my senior year about sticking around and coaching, and and you know he was more than happy to have me. And and shoot, I couldn't be more thankful to to get my foot in the door there. So as a student assistant, that's kind of how I started out. Again, a tremendous amount of pride if you ask anybody about me shoot i love brockport and i'm forever in debt but yes got started as a student assistant i got the grad assistantship for two years i was a ga in that program and then you know going into my fourth year i sat down with coach beach and he awarded me the title of an associate head coach which meant the world to me there were probably a bunch of other guys before me that deserved it for sure but he believed in me and and thought enough of me to, to give me that title and i think that really helped me start to transition i'm out of brockport and from there, like you mentioned, Dan Pepicelli from Cornell, the head coach at Cornell, he gave me an opportunity. And it's kind of funny how that came about. You know, I was actually at a conference I'm at Mohegan Sun. They do an annual conference yep. there for, for baseball and softball coaches and the World Baseball Convention. He was speaking, and obviously, I wasn't going to miss that. I know Dan Pepicelli is yep. a New York legend. I tell yep. him this all the time, and he laughs. You know, I was listening to him speak. And then after he came down, and I was wearing my Brockport polo. and Came over and he goes, oh, wow, coach at St. John Fish. I'm like, yeah, coach, I know exactly who you are. <laughs> so, you know, we, we spoke for maybe 20 minutes, I want to say. And, you know, he was, just gave me tremendous advice on where I was going in my career or where I wanted to go in my career. And one thing he said that stuck out was, hey, don't be afraid to, to swim away from the dock okay and, and and get away from shore and in order to grow you have to do things like that so that stuck with me and anyways so from there that conversation happened and then at the end of the year they had a position open up their volunteer position opened up and i applied for it and he had filled it and then towards the end of the summer literally a week before school started it opened up again and i shot him an email on a whim and said hey coach i, I noticed that you know the job opened up and you know, I'd love to speak to you about the opportunity. He called me at six fifty-five the next morning nice. <laughs> and we spoke for a little while and he had offered me the position. And, you know, I basically had decided I spoke to coach beach and within a half hour, I decided to, you know, basically pack my things up and, and make the move down to Ithaca, New York. And, you know, again, the ability to learn from a man who was a head coach at St. John Fisher down the road, the pitching coach at Clemson, and now running the program at at Cornell, you know, he was phenomenal in, in the knowledge, again, that he gave me both off the field and on the field and inspiring me to stay in shape and things like that. Just a, a phenomenal boss and a phenomenal person to to, to be around, basically.
0: So uh, your toolkit definitely got a lot larger with uh, all that experience. Absolutely. Definitely at Brockport first and then at Cornell afterwards. You're here now. What have you been doing since your nomination? I'm sure you've been quite busy, right?
1: Yeah, so we've been, you know, in-person recruiting has, has been as you know, extremely restricted. Division 3 is actually a lot more fortunate than Division 1 and they've opened up Division 2 a little bit as well, but you know, we've been doing everything we possibly can to see as many kids as we possibly can, whether that be virtually or getting to sporadic showcases in person. So, recruiting has been the main focus and that's kind of where we've been at as a coaching staff here at russell sage we've obviously been doing other things as well all the logistics stuff that they don't that you don't necessarily experience as an assistant coach that you're exposed to but then you realize hey all the budgeting and and you know getting to know all this information about sage you know it just doesn't appear in your head obviously you got to do a little bit of research and you got to stay up on it and you constantly learn by by just surrounding yourself and interacting with as many of your colleagues on campus as you possibly can. So that's kind of what I've been up to over the past maybe six, seven months here.
0: You know, I, I think starting a program from scratch is definitely, for me, if it was definitely be an amazing opportunity, but I'm sure there are pros and cons with this. Can you tell us a little bit about these pros and cons? You know,
1: pros and cons with with a brand new program. Pros, obviously, we, we're starting from scratch. You know, a promotion point to, to student athletes that, you know, we're recruiting is, hey, you have an opportunity to come here and you can throw your personality, your background, basically you into a pot in the middle. And we're blending that with 34, 35 other guys that we're bringing in here. And that's the initial culture that we have right away, which is also the importance of why we need to, which is why everybody needs to. But us specifically, we need to get the right people that we want in our program in here and not just 35 random bodies, right? So that's a pro for sure. In my opinion, you know, if you want to talk about a con is we don't have the tradition. There's never been a brace ball program here at Russell Sage. So it's tough to to compete with a team that might, You know, have seven winning seasons out of the past seven years or 135 games last year where they're an established program. You know exactly what you get when you're going to play for a program like that, right? Really, we're asking kids to buy into what we're we're putting in place here in, in a vision. And we're trying to paint the best picture we possibly can for them. You can send a kid on an overnight visit and have them stay with a kid when you have a program we can't do that here we can't house them with student athletes that we don't have on campus yet. there's struggles but for every struggle there's definitely two or three positives for sure and we look to take those struggles and turn them into positives and we look at everything optimistically here that's kind of of our approach and and shoot if you talk to any of our recruits that we've had on campus any of their parents i think you know those are the vibes that the coaches give off our coaching staff gives off for sure
0: yeah, that that's really good to hear. And I'm I'm a positive person as well, but I'm also realistic. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm assuming that the pandemic didn't make it easier. I know you just mentioned that. How much harder is it, being that you've done it in the past, recruiting, not being able to to see players as you did before?
1: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, in and any coach, you know, obviously recruiting virtually, it is obviously better than nothing, right? but we want to be in person. We want to see games. We want to go to showcases. We want to see, you want to hear the ball off the bat. We want to see you physically off the mountain. So it is definitely a struggle. can only tell so much through video, right? You know, in addition to that, we want to see how you're interacting with the people around you. I want to see how you're, you know, the skill part, I don't want to sound cocky or conceited, but you can tell who's a good baseball player. An 85-mile-an-hour fastball, yeah, you're can. That you going to turn your head to that. Everybody yeah. can see that.
0: That pretty much but, seals the deal right there, I guess. Right?
1: right. Yeah, you see a kid hit a ball 400 feet. Yeah, okay, we got it, right? But you know, how's a young man interacting with his teammates? How's he interacting with his parents before the game? After the game, coaching staff, how's he interacting with them? How's he handling a situation on the field? Okay, everybody's great when things are going good. Body language is phenomenal. But hey, what happens when there's a runner on second and third? You've got nobody out. You might give up a two spot. What's your body language looking like? Can you bounce back from that? Can you get out of the inning and then come back the next inning? So really, as, as coaches, we're missing things like that. The interaction that the players have. And then, of course, you know, being able to physically see, you know how a kid handles a little bit of adversity on the field, for sure. So again, that's why we try and do our best job to communicate with them and and all that good stuff. So we're working, and it's a grind, and they're struggling to get in front of people too. But I think we're all doing what we need to do to get through this, and and you know, hopefully, this this thing ends, you know, pretty soon. Pandemic speaking, that anyways.
0: Yeah, we're all hoping for that, and you know what, you're absolutely right. I mean, the only difference with you is that you have a new program, but as you know. With all the coaches that we speak to, no matter if it's softball or baseball, everybody has is facing the same challenges, who more, who less. So if we had to give some advice to someone that's listening to this and is possibly interested in your program, what's a good way to communicate with you?
1: Sure, absolutely. The best way to me, definitely reach out at least via email. Okay. Get yourself into initial contact via email. Me personally, and everybody's a little bit different, right? What works for me might not work for the next coach. I love short emails, ones that get right to the point, no fluff. Okay. Um, and then short videos on the email. Uh, I don't need, you know, maybe, the 10-minute video, I just need a couple clips, you know, you hit, then we can get in communication. And then once we're in contact, then we can pass video back and forth of, of different hitting sessions and things like that. And We can talk specifically about certain things that we're, we see you needing to get better or, hey, you really excel in this area. So definitely that initial contact via email. Um, and then you know steady contact don't be afraid to bug a college coach okay be be pesky if that's something you really want be persistent in in your approach and make the coach tell you no basically
0: (laughs) so based based on this and being that you speak to parents as well Yep. What are some of the concerns you hear from them? Sage specifically or... In general, I guess, now with this whole recruiting and also in your specific case being that you are a new team on the block.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, everybody's going through the same thing, right? I mean, they're they're really just trying to figure out ways to, to get in front of, of people. And, and listen, you know, these recruiting corporations like NCSA and Prep Baseball Report and Baseball Factory, they put on these phenomenal showcases, but not every student athlete or not every person can afford these things, okay? If you can afford them, great, absolutely. They are definitely well worth your money for sure. Prep Baseball Report does a phenomenal job uh, on getting you out advertised and marketed as a young student athlete right so the ability to, to go to those showcases is great but if you're not so fortunate enough to be able to attend one for whatever reason okay definitely like we kind of just talked about reach out to the college coach individually see if they're having any camps over the summer or any fall cancer clinics for the year coming up and then try and do your best to put yourself into a position that that college coach can see you directly, whether that be at a showcase, you know, he or she is attending or at third campus specifically.
0: Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned what you just mentioned before, and uh, it wasn't really prepared. I mean, that's the reason why we exist. We try to give a hand to, uh, especially if you don't have the means To possibly get noticed out there and to possibly get, you know, the attention of a coach trying to help uh, bridge that gap. Because, yeah, a lot of these showcases are very expensive and not everybody has the opportunity to attend them. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely a great point. So, Coach Bontari, we know how hard it is uh, out there, you know, as a student, as a student athlete. I mean, a lot of challenges. What advice can you give these student athletes as they go through life?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, somebody looking forward, you know, at 15, 16 years old, you know, you're looking to kind of navigate, you know, how to get to where you want to be. Like for me, it was, hey, how did Dan Pepicelli, the head coach at Cornell, get to Cornell? So you start to dive into those things and, and you know, all the successful people that I've been around, Curtis Nobles, Dave Hennessy. Casey Job, an assistant coach that I played for. They're all extremely selfless individuals. One, they're intrinsically motivated, so they have great intrinsic motivation. But by being selfless, they're also proactive and, and they're not afraid to do the things that other people don't want to do. So as a young man or a young woman moving forward, never be afraid to be proactive. Okay. Never be afraid of rejection. Never, you know, fear anything like that. And then you know, as you move forward in life, like I just said, do the things that other people don't want to do. Don't be too proud to, to pick up that piece of paper on the ground and throw it away. Or don't be too proud as a junior or senior on your, on your baseball or softball team to carry that bucket of balls. Right. So it's just about doing things that other people don't want to do and then being extraordinary. Go to professional development conferences, you know, reach out to people that you feel can help you be a sponge around everybody, take in good information and then sift out the bad information. And if you do that, you know, you'll get through life and you'll be hopefully pleased by the, by the time, you know, you get to where you want to be.
0: Are you guys using social media yet?
1: we are we do have a twitter and that's pretty brand new but we have an instagram account as well we've been slowly posting along there we, we just uh actually i know this is important to all you know student athletes especially in this era we just posted our home jerseys up there so i know guys love gear i know i know the guys and you know ladies in softball i know you guys love gear as well so we just posted that but yeah, we've got a ton up there right now. As far as what our campus looks like, you know, an overshot with a drone that from a camera that we used, a couple different apparel sales, and then we're actually going to go out and play Cornell in the fall and scrimmage those wow. guys. So That's you cool. know, we we put that on there as well. So, coach,
0: yeah, what absolutely. are the handles? Give us the handles for those accounts.
1: Yeah. So Sage Baseball is going to be our Instagram account, and then as far as Twitter goes, we are Sage Baseball One. Okay. Somebody else had Sage Baseball for whatever reason. I believe there's a high school down maybe Florida. I want to say I'm I'm not sure that already has the account. So we are Sage Baseball one on Twitter.
0: Gotcha. So oh. being that we're talking about you know teams and um, being part of something, uh, and you spoke about how many people have influenced your life, right? And you've Correct. been through it as a player, now as a coach at different levels. Can you speak to the significance of being part of a college team? What does it mean for a student as soon as they walk on a college campus? What does it mean for them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, we talk about it all the time, almost again, use the term to the point where it becomes cliche, but you really learn balance, okay? We ask a ton at Sage and really anywhere I've coached, whether that be at Cornell being an Ivy League school with a rigorous academic program and a high level of baseball, Rockport, where we're demanding a ton out of out of our guys out there, where we're fundraising a ton. Okay. We're doing a ton of things in the in the community with community service. And then we're obviously competing at a high level athletically and we want great grades academically. You know, we're asking a ton. So being a part of a college program, and that's any sport is extremely important to learn balance in life. You learn time management skills. You learn how to prioritize what's important. You as a student athlete in college, don't look, Is it's not the same as your average student, okay? Your Friday nights look different. Your Saturday nights look different. Your daily routine looks different. Your meals look different. The way you hydrate is different. It's definitely an added responsibility on top of things that you're doing throughout the day. So you really learn that. Uh, you learn how to prioritize. You learn how to handle adversity. You know you're constantly put in adverse situations. All right, and then of course the best part about you know meeting people on a team and being part of a team, aside from all the things we just mentioned, is you're meeting people from all over the state, all over the country, and you're really exposed to to people with different upbringings, different backgrounds, and, and that's something we really stress here at Sage, and I think we can all agree. Hey. You know, we need to treat people better in the society. We need to treat people better around us. And we really need to to look to understand people that are that are close to us and even people that we don't really know. So part of getting to know somebody from, you know, California and you're from the Bronx, you guys completely different lifestyles. How do you communicate? You're not going to agree on every single topic or every single subject. Can you come to uh, an understanding and and debate, you know, as an adult on, on what you prefer, what he prefers, she prefers. So communication and then learning different backgrounds and styles is definitely one of the best parts about being a part of a college team as well. And I, and I think that's now more than ever is extremely important for our society. You
0: hit it right on the head. I mean, just being able to live with other human beings and being able to try to get yep. along in an adult manner. I mean, that, that, that was a great answer there, right there. Coach, you mentioned uh, community service, right? One of the right. things that uh, I didn't leave it for the last for, for a purpose, but one of the things that really impressed me about you is how active you are uh, in uh, in in your community and and actually just volunteering time, uh, mm-hmm. Empire State Games for the physically challenged, uh, swim and gym for the Golden Eagles, which was a program that assisted children with special needs. Again, uh, another program Correct. called blindfolded gymnastics events for awareness of children with uh, visual impairments. Not to bring the Italian in again, but that goes straight to my heart right there. Tell us how important is giving back.
1: Yeah, so like we said again, you know, what we're teaching young men here is is just that you know, the ability to be involved, give back. And that's what life is, right? Uh, the generation before you instills values in you, and then you take those values and you still in the next generations. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to expose these kids to as many different backgrounds, as many different situations, give them as many opportunities as we possibly can to give back to a community here. And then hopefully they take something they learn here at college in that aspect of, of giving back and community service. And they take that back to their community and they rub off on other people. Now you really start to see it a spider web and an umbrella out there. Just the ability to to give back. Quote I read that was absolutely amazing. Give because you want to give. Don't give because you expect something back. Do it out of the kindness of your heart. Do it because the other person, you know, may need your help, may want your help, whatever it may be. Just do it because it's the right thing to do without any expectation at all. And I think if you slowly start to learn that, then man, you really start to get a grasp on life. And, and the more people you can help and the more people you can affect and, you know, Hey, putting up a smile on another person's face makes absolutely makes my day, especially when they're having a terrible day. Right.
0: Absolutely. It's just.
1: It's, it's the most important thing I think we can do, and, and that's something, again, not to go back to Sage here, but that's something we're, we're going to have our people do. You know, at Cornell, it was the same way. Hey, when you come to practice, check everything at the door. Leave it there. So now you get it. bring a positive energy, bring a positive attitude, and let's get rolling with some stuff and shoot. Maybe after two hours, you had a rough eight-hour day, and you go to a two-hour practice, and, and everything was bouncing. The vibes were great. Maybe that clears up the rest of your night and you hit your problems that you had for the first hours of the day head on, and maybe you can get something conquered and accomplished. So, you know, positivity is huge, great passion for, for life. You know, that's, I don't know, it's the most important thing. And if you don't have that, then, then that's where you have to start for sure.
0: Thank you coach for that. Cause I mean, I think a lot of people need to hear this, especially during these troubling times. It's just so hard out there. Coach, if we had to summarize this chat that we just had, what should be the takeaway?
1: Yeah. Um, like we said, three things for, for a young student athlete who's aspiring to go find a place that fits you and where you fit in that program. Find people. I tell our recruits this all the time. I don't put on a suit and tie when they get here. When we walk around campus, I found best practice for me is to just be who I am. Right. And that's not saying the the shades are up to my personal life or anything like that. But, hey, this is who you're going to be around for the next four years of your life, maybe five years of your life. Those student athletes need to know who you are really as a person. And more importantly, those parents need to know who they're dropping their son or daughter off to at college. So just be yourself for us as a coaching staff. You know, we're going to be us you know, find a coaching staff that you can really get along with, find a, a campus that you really love. Okay. And that really loves you and, and shows you the attention that you want and deserve. And then really just those three core values that we talked about, you know, find a way to give back to people around you. And and there's days where, Hey, you might not be able to, where you just expended it all on yourself and you don't have anything else to give. All right. But find a way to, to, to give back and and affect people in a positive way around you. Um, and then of course, find a, find an academic program that, that, you're going to take passion in and, and pride in. And, and again, that's what Brockport did for me. And that's, I think that's why I excelled and took off because it was something that I was passionate about doing. I had an opportunity to give back, uh, to all those, you know, organizations that you just mentioned or all those opportunities that gave me a chance to, and, you know, find things like that, that make you passionate, make you excited about life, make you excited about what you're going to study. And, and I think that would be the biggest takeaway for you as, as a young student athlete.
0: Coach Pontari, thank you very much for giving us an inside look at Russell Sage College and your new baseball program. We can't wait wait to see you out in the field in uh, 2022. Um, Thank you again, and uh, good luck for now.
1: Yeah, great. Thank you for having me, and and best of luck to everybody out there.
0: Thank you, Coach. Thank you very much to Coach Nick Pontari for giving us an inside look at his new baseball program at Russell Sage College, the first in Sage's history, and for all the great recruiting and life tips he left us. If you'd like to find out more about ClutchCast, please visit us at www.clutchcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at ClutchCastPodcast and on Twitter at ClutchCastBC. ClutchCast is brought to you by Clutch Recruits. If you'd like to find out more about Clutch Recruits and how our programs can help you with your college recruitment process, please visit us at www.clutchrecruits.com or call us at 929-732-7840. Thank you very much for listening to the next episode.